women. You know what I really want to say, right? <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is now time for conversations with my cousin. And let me introduce you to your cousin, her cousin, his cousin, my cousin, all of our cousins. We have Michelle with one L, Shay Lachey, and representing the brothers coming from Honda DJ booth. We have DJ Big Rob. Now. Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Conversations with My Cuz. I am Shay Lachey. And it is me, your girl, Michelle, with one L. And I'm Brother Love, DJ Big Ra. What's up, ladies? Hey. Going on. Ain't nothing much. Ain't nothing much. I'm just out here trolling. How was your as usual? As usual. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Miss One L, how was your weekend? Man, my weekend was. I had an amazing weekend. I'm recovering. I just got in the house about an hour or so ago, so I came in here rushing and moving to be ready for the show. But I had a great weekend <laughs> with my tall people. Yeah. What about you, Miss Shay Lachey? I went to see the new edition concert. I'm hating oh. right now. Yeah, it was hey, really, really good. Oh, but wait a minute. I'm oh, checking out your oh, I'm sorry, Shay. I'm checking out his ambiance over there. He got the <laughs> and he got the wine glass. Oh, you know, I'm I'm at I'm at um studio a la Nunu's right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the you new <laughs> She got her set up real nice right now. <laughs> that is nice. perfect because that's girl power right there. And as we move out of Black History Month and into Women's History Month, I want to give a toast to the ladies, right? Yeah. To the prominent ladies in the world that we are going to be celebrating for the entire month of March. So Absolutely. Close to that. Yes. Raise your glass. Ladies, girl power. Yes. Well, you know I got the fancy glass right now. Y'all see me, right? I'm flossing. Girl right power, now. that's why. You flossing a little bit. I see you over there. Let's give a shout out to the chat. I see my girl Keisha always hey, in the house. What's up, Jasmine fam? Is here. I see Shanoa. Shanoa's always here. Hey, Hi, Jasmine. Hey, hubby. I, see, I don't know who artist. Oh, I do know who artist D is. And Wynette. All kinds of people in the house. Thank y'all for coming out and checking us out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Girl power. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's a good show today, so I'm ready for this show. But you know, brother love. Yes, ma'am. How are we you? You know, you are the troller of the, the trio. <laughs> so, what did you troll this week? Well, we're gonna troll on a more serious note. Um, I was traveling last week, and I didn't get a chance to really get to it, but um. The young men, um, the fight they had in the mall, the um, the young um, African American male and uh, uh, I guess white male got into it, and unfortunately, um, the, the from what we see from the videotape that the um, the Caucasian teenager was the aggressor, um, and he was actually the one hurting the um, child, and the cops just came and they uh put him sat him on the couch. And they went to arresting the the black child and put his put their knee in his back and mm. the neck. Even the female. The crazy part about this is the female actually turned her back on the white child and just sat him down and then came to help the partner out and put his knee right on the back of her neck. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. I know that happened in Bridgewater, New Jersey, and yeah. it was later found out that the the young man is lighter skinned or whiter skinned, but he's Latino, but you wouldn't okay. know that in the fray. Right. right? Um, and what was really disturbing about it was the obvious, um, obvious that the police didn't know what was going on and they just made a snap decision yes. that it was this young black mm -hmm. man's fault. And he was the aggressor and he was the one that needed to be um, held down. In the meantime, they gave no attention to the other teenager. And you would think that in a fight, when you don't know what's going on, that you are going to um, hold both of them accountable oh, right. in the same fashion. And that was not the case. And what's exactly. 
really frustrating is that often that happens. Often, often. Skin, brown skin people, um, it is assumed that we are the aggressor. And that is really disheartening. Yeah, it is. Especially this this day and time, you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. the crazy part about it is, you know, you know me. I'm always looking around, looking behind to see, you know, when people are talking, what the, you know, what the area looks like. It seems like this this the kid is well educated, the mom is well educated, and they live in a fairly nice neighborhood. So it's yeah. like, and the same thing when they interviewed the um parents, you you could really tell that you know this kid might have came from a couple of dollars. So it's right. like. You know, that that's another thing. Like, why do we have to be judged all the time? Right. Even to the point where the young man, the Latin um, young man who was the aggressor in the fight, um, saw the disparity to the point where he offered that maybe you need to arrest me too. Like, even in the moment, he felt like, wait a minute, this is this is wrong. Fair unfair to the point where you say okay look i'm i'm the problem right i'm right. in as much trouble like we're in this together because at at some point it must have felt like the teenagers against the police like wait a yeah. minute i now need to come to his aid even though i was just fighting with this young man so you know that it had to feel like that across the board with all the teenagers and that's such a terrible feeling Yes, they even interviewed the young man and he said he was the aggressor and he, he didn't understand yeah. why they were arresting him when it was him. He was the one he felt now he felt bad and he felt sorry for the young man. And it just it doesn't even matter. Right. It automatically it makes you guilty. Yeah. yeah. Color yeah. Makes you, automatically makes you makes you guilty. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. In the chat mentioned that the automatic response to arrest of the black child is what is really the problem. And as Keisha right. was saying, it doesn't matter where the person comes from. We shouldn't judge a book by its cover and we certainly shouldn't assume. And I completely agree with you, Keisha. That's the problem. It's the assumption, right? Right. Definitely. Whether it's the hood or whether it's wherever, it just, that shouldn't be the case. Right. You know, thankfully, it didn't end bad. And I know that they did say that they would be investigating. So as they should. um, Yeah. Hopefully there'll be some um, training because it sounds like those need further training. Right, but the training too. Again, it was they was always they just had explained that the the um the the police officers they just went through a big course of training. So I'm trying to really figure out is is it really training unless that's ask the chat. What do y'all feel like should happen to the officers? Yeah, because I don't think it's training. That's not training because you can't train untrain somebody to not be racist or bias or bias. It's either you are or you're not. Real talk, you know. So. But I think something should be done, though. I think there should be more strict rules on, you know, when something like that does happen. Like, you need to be held accountable for that, for, for your actions, when you arrest somebody because of what you think right. and not what's actually going on. So yeah. there should be something something more to be done instead of a, pa- a, a slap on the wrist and don't do it again. You know, that kind of thing. If yeah, something needs to be done. going to happen again. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, funny, the funny part about this is, is that what I'm trying to figure out is I haven't heard of anything else, the outcome, anything since the story broke. Like, what, what is going on? Are they, they say investigating, but what's going on with the officers? Are they, are they, um, are they, you know, suspended? Are they working at the, the desk? I mean, what's going, have they been taken off the street? No. What's going on? I'm sure nothing. Nothing, right. And nothing if you Google it, you're not going to find anything. decide that they've actually done something wrong, they can simply say, I made a snap decision in the moment because it looked like. Exactly. I a young man getting up off the floor, getting ready to, and so that's the one I grabbed. Yeah, because, yeah, they can easily say what they, what they want you to think that they saw. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. well, we walked up and we saw this. Yeah. So, I mean, but cameras and witnesses don't lie. Right. You know what I mean? So if you're going to say the camera saw that, all the witnesses saw the total opposite of what you saw? Come on now. Jazzy is making a very good point about policing 
in areas they don't live in, right? And I've, I think we've talked about that before. When you get police officers that are, are stationed to projects and they've never lived in the city and they don't, they mm-hmm. only know what they hear, right? It comes with a certain level of fear and ignorance because you yes. don't know what you're looking at. And so you react out of fear. And I don't know, if I doubt if that was the situation with these police officers, but that is a problem overall. And I think one of the things that needs to be addressed is you need to be um, policing in areas that you live in or, you know, to that degree, not having them go off in neighborhoods that they're unfamiliar with. Well, I always, I always said since the Sean Bell case, I've always said that I felt the 60 college credits, the, the requirements that they had with hiring these police officers gave, gave it, that's when I think that the brutality really got bad because you had all of these kids, you know, these these kids from out east, Patch Hog, Winnipeg, or wherever mm-hmm. they come from, they take these tests and they, you know, they go to a local community college and they get the college credits, which a lot of the time back then we wasn't privy to. Mm-hmm. You understand? And they wasn't policing our neighborhoods. And then they okay. come to the neighborhood to police the African American people. And what happened? They get scared. Agreed. They're reacting out of fear. They're not even really reacting to me out of, they say it's racism, but I believe it's really out of fear because they don't know us. They're not around us. You understand what I'm saying? We only got one black friend. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's true. So I think that's what it really was. I think the a lot of the police departments took the turn for the worse when they implemented that 60 college credits. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I see our chat. You know, we have a lot of people saying fire that it shouldn't be automatically fired. Yes. Before they kill the next black kid they racially profile. Mm. Yes, I see yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. You know, but you know, it's not that easy to just go in there and fire them. Yeah, if it was, they have to do a whole lot of investigating and prove right. that it was something that it was racially profiled, racial profiling. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Frustration. I mean, yeah. Continue trying um, to combat that and and bring light to it so that it's not things that are happening and they're not being held accountable. Like, it just has to be brought to light. It has to be. And I think we just passed the 10 year anniversary of Trayvon. I can't even believe it's 10 years. That was last week, I think, right? Yeah. 10 years. I can't even believe it's been 10 years. Like, I was like, wow. So, yeah. you know, and how and has a lot changed since then? No, that's the problem. No, that's really, really the problem. And like I said, I just believe these officers are just out of fear. But I want to shout out Viv. Hey, Viv, I see you in the chat. Hey, Hi, Viv. Viv. Hey, Viv. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, Tammy. And shout out our radio listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Blue Rain Radio. Blue Rain Radio. Blue Rain Radio. Shout out to the <laughs> For those who are listening to us on iHeart and all the other and all our other uh platforms that we stream to, YouTube yeah. and everybody else. Well, thank you so much, Artist D. Guys, guess what time it is? Uh oh. Hold on. <laughs> hey. It is time for let me ask my cuz. Let me ask my cuz. I see the chat is still lit because everybody's talking about, you know, uh, what we should do to police department. So, Dag, I wish we could have stayed out a little bit longer, but we do have to move along. Thank you guys for your comments. Yes. So... I got a little bit of a long, a long question or conversation that uh, came in about a young man who was a, a, a father who's asking for advice about um, talking to his son about relationships and marriage and dating. And um, the reason why he's looking for advice is because he had this uh, been divorced for ten years. He's been dating and you know just out not in a a solid relationship since he's been divorced however the mother of their son 
got into another relationship. That relationship was toxic. It was um, a lot of arguing back and forth, kick him out, bring him back, some physical, like just a whole lot of toxicity in that relationship. And so he had a conversation with his son recently and the son was saying to him how he doesn't um, really want to be in a relationship with anybody. He doesn't really feel like going through the negativity because the way that he views relationships is with this negative connotation, given the relationships that he had, uh, or at least what he saw in his household on both sides. And so the question was twofold. How does he talk to his son about relationships? And should he inform his the mother about the, his thoughts and feelings on dating and relationships so that they could both have this conversation with him. So I'm going to go to you, uh, Shell, first. Okay, so I'm going to start with the first part. How do I counsel my son on dating and relationships? Um, he's how, Did this say how old he is? He's a teenager. He's a teenager. Okay, so you know teenagers, they absorb everything that they're, that's going on in their lives. They watch mm -hmm. what they, you know, everything that they see you know, it, ha it has an impact on how they date, you know, how they view relationships. Um, I don't think that if, if he's in the space right now where he's basically saying he doesn't want to date or have a relationship because of what he's seen, then I don't think there should be a lot of pressure on him to have that relationship. But I do think there needs, he, he does need to understand boundaries healthy relationships even if he's not seeing it i think you can have those conversations about what they should look like and mm -hmm. there should be some sort of understanding that okay not every relationship is going to look like that but it doesn't mean that every relationship is going to be bad because yeah, you know there are great tough position when you don't especially when you don't have it so you don't have it yeah it is hard but those are conversations that are necessary because, you know, I, 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 I really wish that someone sat down and had those conversations with me about what a healthy relationship should look like. Agreed. Because I didn't have don't, very many examples. Right. And if you don't see it, then, you know, it's like, okay, well, this is just the normal, you mm -hmm. know, this is the normal. So I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to sign up for this, right. but a conversation needs to be had it. I don't think this should be we should they should be trying to convince him to get in a relationship, but I do think that a conversation should be had about what a healthy relationship is, what it looks like, and what what your boundaries should be. You know, mm -hmm. and if you decide to, you know, decide to get into one, just know that all relationships are not bad. They don't have to be bad. And what's, what's the second point? Telling the mom. Um, that really depends on the relationship with the mother. If there's a healthy relationship that you have with the mother, those conversations can be had. But if mm -hmm. there's not, if it's not a healthy dynamic between the two of you, that conversation is probably not going to go well. So you have to decide whether or not this person, are you guys co-parenting well? Um, it, is it always about the child or is there still feelings involved between the two, the breakup? You know what I mean? Because you got to yeah. be careful with that. Because right. if, someone, if you're still mad at each other, then that she's not gonna want to hear call, anything her, call and be like, it's because of you and your funky relationship. Exactly. And then that's gonna turn into an argument because she's gonna be blaming you. This is why we ain't together. So now you're gonna teach my son your crap. You all messed up now. No, I, I, and just if I could um, also uh, chime in, I agree with a lot of what you said, Shell. I think that um, in that situation, it has a lot to do with the father's point of view on relationships as well. Because oftentimes you take on the same thought process that your parents will have about a situation, right? You, um, if you are in a situation where you are just, you know, running around and just dating and you're not committing and every once there's somebody else coming through, then why would you be, a, you can't even give them the relationships are valuable if you're not seeking a relationship. You're just out here. So right. the child is going to feel like I can do the same thing without the headache, right? Because the father is not going, he's not under the same level of stress in his household because he's not in a relationship. So as a child, you're inadvertently saying to that child, 
this is the way to go to live stress-free right because in the right. modern home where everything is tumultuous it's like why don't you just break up and you could be like dad and live in this <laughs> stressy life and just date and then you could just have multiples right or whatever yeah. like you don't have to do that but um for me i know personally i struggled with that because i didn't have a lot of um healthy relationships surrounding me and it it altered my thought process about what i needed in a relationship for me the most important product in my relationship was that we were financially sound right because that was the struggle in my household is financial being financially sound love and all of that was like as long as he respects me and we can pay our bills and i can keep a roof over my kid's head it's enough right the 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 love and the friendship that really solidifies the relationship was on the back burner for me. Marriage was even less important because I just want to make sure that my kids are okay. Like I could be second in my feelings and everything else. So, um, and then I needed to wear the crown. Like I was like, I, I ain't giving relinquishing control either. So, you know, I had a lot of thought processes that I didn't work through until my relationship failed and i had a chance to look back on it with adult eyes so yeah you know, going back to you know what the father should you know what advice should he give his son someone artist d made a point in the comments he said kids seem to mimic or make decisions on what they see instead of the conversations we have with them i agree i totally agree with that you know mm -hmm. because and we all know we the whole do as I say, not as I do, that kind of goes out the window. Right. So Agreed. what you show them is what they're going to do. So if, if all they're seeing is bad relationships, what we don't want them to do is just end up modeling what they see in mm -hmm. their relationships. Right. And so then as far as the mother, brother right, love. I think it should always be open conversation between two parents if possible. When yes. you're parenting, healthy, healthy dialogue, opportunity that you can. Yes, 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 yes. Now, sound like daddy's a player, and um, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, he's, got some things, he's doing some things in his life, and um, what what Shayla Shay said is correct. It's 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 off balance, and and. And the, the the thing is, is like I said, you know, daddy's going to do what he want to do. And the everyday struggle um, might turn out to really be the issue. And um, like I said, so he has to and he probably has questions on why doesn't daddy have these issues? You understand? And that's why they probably got into the conversation, you know. But only thing that you could really do is just just counsel and explain, because I think the father he has to explain his role as well as far as why he's not with nobody on, you know, why he's living such a stress-free fun life or whatever the case may have been because people do go through problems. So I think that's one thing that I would ex express to my son, you know, a, a, you listen, you know, you know, you know, play a play, but you know, I, I, you know, we did all of that and you're, you're older now and stuff like that. So I would really explain that. And, you know, we're choosing to have, live a different life now. Well, you'll listen. Right. Right. And, and now, you know, and then <laughs> but, but, what I probably would meet personally, I'd be like, you see what your mama going through? You really think I want to do that? Nah, but what I'm saying is, oh, <laughs> what I'm overall is, is that he does need to have the conversation with his mom, with the mother as well, because whatever it is, it's still a negative impact. He probably seen a little bit of negativity going on in the, the marriage as well. And now, again, it's, it's years and years of, of something else. So at the same time, is yes, I think that, you know, everybody needs to communicate with him. Maybe the, the mother could have a talk with the boyfriend, you know, and express how, you know, her son is feeling and the things that they discuss and just really try to get the kid comfortable because you can't have these young men walking around saying, I just don't want to be in, a, a, you know, I don't want to have a girlfriend or anything like that because 
you know, that's how issues start with them when they get into relationships. Yeah. You understand? They have babies out yeah. here and unwanted children and all right. kind of foolishness. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. What, what you, know, you, what you so, guys said. Uh, in the chat, we had Artist D who mentioned that um, she was born into a fatherless home with no example of what a relationship is or should look like. So there's that uh, inability to value the relationship, right? Yeah, I agree. So um, it that it may be depend on how you are having the conversation. Yes, you know, agreed. agreed. That as well. You know, it was funny. I um I had a talk. I'm going back, man. I'm going back to maybe in my twenties. I mean, we used to ride the bus going to work, and we were talking about um about a friend of mine who had a son. And he was raising a son by himself. And I'm like, yo, it's good that you got your son and you're trying to do the right thing. He's like, no, because a child needs to see balance. You know, I grew up in a home with my mother and father. A child needs to, to see, baby, I love you. Um, How was your day today? You know, smack baby girl on the butt or something when she do good. Or, you know, the husband come home. You know, saying, you know, how you doing? What you know, what the deal is, whatever the case may have been. You know, I think that we do need to see that balance, and I think that's what a lot of the younger kids are missing into, relation. You know, building relationships to this day. Loving and respectful. Loving, yes, I agree. I agree. They don't see it, mm -hmm. so we do have to go into the next question. But I kind of think that, um, I hope the dad <laughs> got some good advice. I hope so too. I hope so. So yeah, we do have another question. Um, we have a few more minutes to put to to discuss this question. Did we lose it? Oh, thank you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Is social media taking the place of a man in a woman's life? Woo. Hmm. Um. Shit. I'm not a big social media person. So for me, the um, answer is no, right? I think um, I know that it can in some situations, but um, for me, I don't, I don't necessarily see it. So I don't know what your thoughts are about it. Um, can it take a place of a man in a woman's life? Um, being an endless person that's on social media, um, I see relationships that have been affected by social media yes because there's a lot of time and energy put into it and a, a, a less time and energy taken away from the relationship mm -hmm. so i don't want to know if it's just a, a woman or a man in a woman's life i think it could be vice versa i mean not vice versa it could be either or right okay um, social media taking the place of a man but taking a place of a man i, I can't say yeah, because social media can't do some of the things that a man can do. Honey. You know, uh, you know uh, you're yeah. going to put the phone down and social media is to be in time. Put so. your phone down. Yeah, you make you put the phone down. You're going to put that goddamn phone down. <laughs> now, well, I will say if social media is taking up that much time and energy and none of that stuff is going on, then there's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, I guess I that, that, that may have something to do with like people who are single. Because if you're single and you are using that time and energy to just deal with social media instead of getting out and dating or whatever the case might be, then it may be filling a void like yes. you're in the bed with your phone all night, you know, or you up all day taking, you know, selfies and trying to go live and do your whole thing because you got no man in the household, so it might be filling a void, but taking a place is a kind of strong. Yeah. Thing. Taking a place. That means that you and social media are in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that. It's and you're some money. If that's the case. Yeah. Right. You need to be making some money. And that's what I'm saying. If social media ain't helping you to get some money, I mean, people use it and it's fine. You know, you can get on it, but you have to set some boundaries and you have to be no when to, Turn it off. Tracy in the chat says she's well, guilty. She's guilty of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. Yeah, well, this, what's your opinion? What do you think about that? 
Well, you know I'm the troller. <laughs> I be trolling, B. That's my life. But yes, I don't think that is taking the place of a man. But what happens is, first of all, in relationships to who I date and who I'm with, I don't share social media pages with anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, you know, one for what we do for, you know, what we're doing now is that, you know, you never really want to put your personal life out there Two, social media always have that moron. That's always going to say something negative when you put up something of you and your loved one or, or whoever that you're with. So to, you know, as, as from, from a man's perspective, I don't, I don't mess around with social media, my personal life on there, but I can say that I believe women, they they have a they have a bigger interest in social media than they probably do men sometimes. And that you know because it's 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 I mean if you look at a lot of posts and stuff that's going on that you actually see that oh I'm here, I'm doing this. A lot of a lot of the posts come from women. You understand what I'm saying? And and sometimes I'm not going to say it takes the place of a man, but I think it it occupies that free time that women have that don't have a man. Chris in the chat said it can be a distraction. Social media can be a distraction. Yeah, very absolutely. much so. Absolutely. Very, very much absolutely. so. Very I much find so. myself like, I have found myself, the day has gone by and I was like, yo, I've been on this social media like all day. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all a story right quick because, you know, Ra always stays with a story. So yeah. <clears throat> I was I was dating somebody and she says, uh, she says, you never post me on your page and you never do this. I said, listen, me not posting you on my page is not to hurt your feelings. So I'm trying to get you to understand I don't need people in my life, you know, creating problems and issues on what I got going on. You know, especially with the DJing and the Instagram. Oh, who you think you are, Puff Daddy? Uh, all this other stuff. So I said, you know what? We was on vacation, and we was on the boat, and I was a very, you know, very nice scenery because you know, Rod loves scenery. You know, said, so look at all the ambiance we got going on here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I had my scenery going on, and you know, Big Rod takes beautiful pictures. So I said, yeah, hey, hey Rod, me, Rod, come on, boo boo, click click. Yeah, we out here, we chilling. Some troller. Surreally, that was on the post under the day. So now we get back from vacation. I gotta argue about that. You understand what I'm saying? Again, I told you some idiot is going to turn around and say something stupid to the post. Now I don't had an argument with you about posting you. Now when I do post you, you got an argument about who's commenting on who's commenting on the post. We ain't 17 no more. Mm. Yeah. You sound like you have a lot in common with the happily free-spirited man. Well, you know what I'm saying? You know, it ain't easy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might want to get the morons off your page. <laughs> Yo, listen. You might want to throw the morons out, you know. <laughs> you know. When a woman lose out on something really, really big at times, you know, it's, it's hard, you know. The puff daddy. The puff daddy of your life. <laughs> a little puff daddy. You know, can't stop, won't stop, take that. Can't stop, won't stop, take that, take that, take that. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you know, I'm a good guy, I'm saying. <laughs> we have to move on into the topic, the meat and potato of the show. So we are ending uh, Black History Month, and this whole month we've been focusing on the dy- dynamic of the Black family. So we're going to end this month with um, ending of the series, and we're talking about where's the village. Where's the village that helped raise our children? Right. So we are, we, our age group, we're kind of up there in age. You know, when we were growing up, we had a village. You know, there was no, you could be outside and doing something and, you know, they're going to, you're going to get checked. They're going to let your mama know they checked you. Or before you got in your house, you, you was getting checked because your mother didn't hurt something before you walked in the door. <clears throat> but what we do realize is that the village is broken. Mm-hmm. You know, where, 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 the, yeah, where, where is it for our children? Yeah. I mean, we had someone of a village, but it's the village started to get broken down and torn down. And where did that happen? When did that happen? What were some of the things that caused the breakdown of that village and how do we actually get it back? Mm-hmm. 
if it's possible. I'm going to say it started with distrust. Mm -hmm. It started with um, us not being neighborly, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm not neighborly. <laughs> I don't. I've, yeah, I've been here for seven years. Bougie. And a neighbor across the street from me found out my name six months ago. Other than that, I'd be like, hey, neighbor. Right? Because stay out my business. <laughs> so, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, we've come to that, though. We've it's come to that. Too. And Jerome said right. the village is minding their business. People are too sensitive these days. Yeah, because you can't say anything to somebody's kids. Right. You can't just walk up because you're going to get cursed out for talking, saying something, and your child is out here acting a plum fool. So now I'm going to get cursed out to try and prevent your kid from doing something crazy. Okay. And then the kids don't respect the adults, right? No. So even if you bypass the adult, because really what you say is, you know, if my child does something, you come tell me and I'm going to check that child, right? That was the beginning of the village being broken because now you can't check the child. But right. if you go to the parent and say, this is what your kid did, there's the defense of the child. If you direct it to the child, the child is like, who the hell are you talking to? You know, you can't talk to me like that. I'm going to tell my mother and you in trouble. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. Yes. And, and also remember, there was a respect that we had for, for the elders. You know, we had respect for our elders as teenagers. That respect is now gone. You could right. not see someone's mother without acknowledging them. You know, or if we were outside cutting up and we see somebody's mother, it was like, here comes so-and-so. Let's get it together. How you doing, Miss So-and-so? These kids, they call you by their first name. Yep. You know, there's no respect. But see, my thing is, where did that come from? How did we go from respecting the elders to losing the respect? Something happened to make that happen because mm -hmm. we had to have to been the ones to stop respecting the elders before our kids to do that. Well, well right. Well, I think that it, it comes from, well, us, you know, like us, we're growing as, as, as people, as you know, especially in the African-American communities, we're buying more homes. We're getting more, we're getting properties and stuff. A lot of us from before came from close neck communities, right? So what I think, just, just what I see, like even with, with my life, I moved out. I moved into the suburbs. I'm commuting. She's commuting. Um, you know, it's not really much time to really sit back and talk with the neighbors about the kids or anything like that because, you know, we're not versus when we was raised, we was always running over the Sha Sha house or, or you know, um, um, Michelle house, Shay house or whatever. And then it's like, well, where's Shay mama? Where's Shell Mama? Right. You understand what I'm saying? And it was like, like, come on, man. How many times did I get kicked out of your house, Shay? Like it was like it was like a party, you know. Like, let me just go over there and get kicked out. You know, that, you know, that's how it was. Mm -hmm. So it's like now it's we're we're striving for better lives. So you know, we're not in the community as much as we used to because we now we're paying mortgages, we're doing this, we're doing that. And a lot of the times the parents focus. Is not really on what's going on into the community. It's on giving our child a better life. Mm, yeah. Artist D in the chat said, and great grandma being 48 or so is a big problem <laughs> as well. Yes, the grandparents <laughs> are getting younger. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. The they don't have the level of knowledge that you get from living a full life, right? Raising yeah, there's no big mama. There's no big mamas. Um, and then oh, said going. in the chat that sometimes, though, I think we use minding our business because we're the ones being insensitive um, and saying anything we want all the time and get upset because someone actually tells us they're upset. Mm. So um, I think that there's something there as well. Like, I, I appreciate that comment, Sean. Um, but yeah, I can agree with that as well. I could totally... Um, agree with that comment, and and also we have to think about when the crack the crack epidemic, you know that's that's that came in and shut it all down. It definitely broke. Now up. grandma's on crack, mama's on crack, everybody's on crack, and the village is is done. The village mm. suffered greatly. I think so too. The village definitely suffered. I think that's where a a lot of our um 
problems came because now you have the teenagers now that's, that turned into the drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no yeah. respect for anybody, especially if your mother's on crack or on drugs or anything like that. They're not respecting your mothers, even even though they're still mothers. There was no respect there. I yeah. agree. You know, yeah. so that that ushered in a huge thing, and that that I think the village was completely wiped away after that. Honestly. Well, I think, go ahead, bro. Well, what I was thinking too is like I said, um, I was doing some research on this and I realized if you look at that NBA draft, I think it was the 2003 or possibly 2004 NBA draft. That's the draft class. Uh, no, it's not. Okay, LeBron James came, um, I think maybe 2003. So maybe the 2005 NBA class because he came right out of high school. But long story short, LeBron James, Camilo Anthony, um, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, all these kids actually grew up in AAU programs. You understand what I'm saying? They, they they started like in lower high school level and they grew up in programs and stuff like this. Moving forward, the, the newer NBA players, if you realize, they never talk about this. They never talk about, oh, we all play AAU together, this, that, and the other. They just meet up in the McDonald's games now and that's really, really it. That's where they start cultivating relationships where these kids are coming from more programs and they all just went straight through into the NBA and that's how they was able to form these bonds. So to me, we really need to get back to this. There's not a lot of programs out there, you know, for the, for the younger kids, like it was before, mm -hmm. you know? So is, is that what you feel like is part of getting up that would help us get the village back? Well, no, I'm I'm saying that's the part of a lot of the, the, the point of the village that has been broken down. And then another thing is, if you really sit down and think about it again, where a lot of the village came from before, we wasn't making the money that we had. We didn't have the income. Think about all the after school programs, all of this. You got to think your, your children create your relationships in the community. You understand what I'm saying? I, all all of our mothers became friends, or, or everybody else's mothers became friends because between us. You know, right. so maybe I might have punched Ronald in the face after school, or he might have punched me in the face um at the gym. You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of the times is now we're making more money and we're doing other things, and honestly, we can't even get our kids back to those those type of programs because you know they might say that we're. We, we're making more money, so we can't afford it, and these kids can't really, really do that. So now the programs ain't even there no more. Yeah, absolutely true. I agree. I totally agree. And then, on, I mean, so first, the one of the things that I'm hearing you say, Ra, Ra, is that a lot of these kids today don't have, even at their age level, um, friendly support, right? Never mind adult support. Yeah. And mm -hmm. oftentimes that that silo living and growing becomes the life that they have when they wind up having children. And so now you got these young ladies and, and young men who are parents and they don't have people in their lives that they can go to, to help them make decisions about raising their children. The things that, you know, I didn't have to I didn't have to wean my kids off of like bottles or pampers because my mother, I sent the, my son to her house and he came back without a bottle. And she was like, he got a sippy cup. I was like, oh, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, it was like over the weekend. Like, yeah. I'm <laughs> struggling with this thing. My mother just did it. And, and she did that with, you know, him out of pampers. Like I came to pick him up and he had on the little pull-ups and I'm like, oh, like she just hooked me up. And these kids today are, you know, they don't have the, the advice. They don't have the guidance with their own children. And I think in a lot of ways, like it just hurts the entire community. Yes. Right. And, and that's why for me, the village is something that we need to look at and address. How do we get back to that thing that? that we are building children who are healthy and whole and and feel supported even when they don't get it right that they got some place to go back to to say yeah. all right i need to lick my wounds i need to figure this thing out instead of feeling like they are you know out in with the wolves and that's a lot of it 
you know, that's yes. the funny thing because yeah. I felt like one time it, it was a gift and a curse to me. My son came to me at, at 13 years old and said, hey, dad, you my best friend. And the crazy part about that, one time, I'm like, yeah, you know, so that's my little man, you know, because every man wants to have that going on. Right. But I'm like, yo, at 13, I'm your best friend. Like, what's really, really going on? Like, in, in today, like, like I would have never wanted to hang out with my, my Ron at the crib, your pop, man. Right. right. We're watching the game or something. It, it's like, it, but, you know, and, and I've all, and I go through it with his mom all the time. And I said, both of us are ticking time bombs, but we have a really great son because his temperament is just is is just so calm. But but then I'm like, wait a minute, how's your dad your best friend? Like, is it is this is what we coming to right now? You know, yeah, let me ask you this, Rod. Do you know any of your son's friends or their parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he goes to the bus stop with kids and stuff like that. You know, I talked to his mom about it, but um, as far as him having nah she just told me the other day that she had a barbecue over the summer and she was like well you want any of your friends to come over he's like i, I don't want nobody up in my house you know what i'm saying he's one of <laughs> you understand what i'm saying so uh but this is what the kids is go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> i think actually i think it's a great thing that your son thinks you of you as his best friend I think it's really only a problem if he doesn't have any friends. Like if he doesn't, if he's socially messed up, like, yeah. you know, yeah. then I think that might be an issue. But see, here go the problem. I'm retired. I have the time. What about the parents that don't have the time? That's where the village comes into place. And I also feel like that, you know, parents have to be mindful. You can't have children around you. Or, you know, even if they're your kids' friends and they can't be around you in your home and you have no relationship with those parents. You can't okay. sit in my, as, as a child, you cannot sit in my house all day. Cause, you know, I'm, cause I, that would happen to me. I mean, I'd be like, when my kids were younger and I'm seeing this kid here and all day, all the time, okay, we, <laughs> First of all, do you have a home? <laughs> One. Who are you really? And who are you and who's your mother? Because I need to know. And I need to speak to your parents. You're not just going to sit in my house and eat dinner. You know, you couldn't just be eating dinner at somebody's house without, get your mother on the phone. Let me speak to your mother. Yes. You need to make those connections. And <laughs> if a child is in your house all the time and you don't know anything about their parents, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, that to me says it starts with the adult why these kids are not respectful and why yeah, we don't yeah. have because it's on us to continue to build those relationships right well you know you know my house was the runaway house who everybody everybody stayed at glow house yep. <laughs> but glow you are mothers too exactly and that's what i'm saying but 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 you know but damn kick them out my damn you know but you know my thing is is that it comes to something else we didn't address is the social media aspect point of it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has with why the children are really disrespectful to this date as well, because the, the Ooh, children are, are really, are really, they, they, they like, they don't care about the community. They, they see what little baby's doing. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, you know, they see him, you know, cursing his mom, baby mom's out, uh, or whatever's going on with him, this, that, and the other, and, and they think that's cool. So guess what? The kids is totally disrespecting the village now. Mm -hmm. You you understand you that real well on social media, boy. Yeah, you cut somebody yeah. mama out quick. Yeah, quick. And you see that? Yeah, yeah. See, but the thing, which is that's funny that you said that because you know Tisha's real careful because sometimes she's like, "Ma, you know, be careful what you say on my page because if somebody says something crazy to you." It is gonna be a problem. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So they may not know I'm her mother, but yeah. she's quick to let it be known, like ma, like so they'll know. You know, that's my mother. Don't don't go crazy. So listen, I went on my, I went on my daughter's social media page, and I'm sitting there. Hold up, Rocky. Like, wait a minute. When when you get this tough? Like, what 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 rock did you ever chew? Like what? What like <laughs> you ever been in? Like I, I'm trying to figure this out, and now she blocks me from every Instagram, Facebook because I'm I'm sitting here, I'm amazed. Like where do these kids even 
get the social media. Yo, they're they're talking real thuggish on the oh, Like yeah. I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm really scared. Like I'm yeah, you can be a thug on social media, boy. Yeah, I'm I'm loving the responses in the chat. I, yeah. I think these comments are um, pretty amazing. Um, I think Sean said, what did Sean say? And sharing those practices in a respectful way to each other um, is helpful too, and not just doing it unsolicited. That advice can backfire. Don't mm-hmm. tell me how to raise my kid. Oh, I'm sorry, you know how to do the neck thing because that's how you say that's it. Don't tell me how to raise my kids because <laughs> you, yeah. you get all of that. You know, it's funny about that. I, I was just having a conversation on my way down here with a friend of mine, and I told him I'm a different kind of grandfather. Like, I don't tell Skylar what to do with, with her child. I listen. And then okay. I'll make a suggestion. Because I know she's that kind of child. You understand what I'm saying? So my thing is, is that, you know, really, and, and it's true, because even with me, when, when she was younger, I, I remember me and her mom, we used to, be frustrated in the house, like yo, leave us the fuck alone. We trying to raise our kid here, and yet her calling here harassing us. Yeah, you yeah. understand what I'm saying? And it's sometimes, you know, even with the grandparents thing, give give them. We know they're young. We know they're gonna make mistakes, but let them vent. Let them air it out, and maybe they'll come back to you and ask you what you think. And then yeah. that's when you take your shot at them. Yeah, and I think social media, I think social media, the, the village might have been broken already. Social media just kept it broken. Right. One uh, of the that I think social media kept it broken. One of the one of the uh, comments in the chat um, that Keisha made said, I feel like it's a lot of me and not we. And as a community, mm. we should be sharing best practices and we don't. Um, and I agree with that, but I think that part of the reason why that doesn't happen is because we don't respect each other, mm. right? Yeah, I mean, right. that comment there, comment that social media be like, "Oh, my kid, I, I can hear your kid crying," and my advice is, or you see me walking down the street and you want to share your thought process, I'm gonna mind your business, right? Yeah. That's a, a a great point. As a community, we should be sharing best practices, and we don't. Right, I agree. Um, and Jerome says social media is just showing it to us. We keep it broken. Right, because it really does start with us, and it really does start with us trying yeah. to mitigate that. Right, right. right. You know, and, and another thing is too is where I see it the the broken in um the community as well is, is, is really no more community. Like I could come out here and see my mom and everybody. And I talk to people, like I might talk to the security guards, the, the overturn on apartments right now is, is like at an 80% rate. They can't keep tenants in here to, to live here more than a year. Mm. So nobody's really building relationships. Mm. Look at, look at, look at the housing market, right? So the housing market is real hot right now. So now being that the housing market is hot, guess what people are doing? Should I make $200,000 off my house? They move out the community. You yeah. know? And that's a great point. Great they're, point. They're not even staying in the community long that's enough to build the community. Because we grew up that's together. What, we actually grew up together. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of, Yeah. And you, ask, you ask uh, the average 15-year-old child how many times they have they moved. Yeah. Yeah. That's the answer you get. We we move. My mama been here since '77. They have been I probably would still there. be living there if we didn't get burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> You had to put, right. your, you had to put all your business on social media, huh? Hey. Yeah, it <laughs> happened. That's my truth. It's the truth. Happened. It is the truth. Yes, it is. Yeah. Absolute truth. Yeah, but what see, do we do? That's the question. What do, what do we, we do? do? Like, what do we do? Fix it. That's what. Wow. Let's ask the chat. What do you guys think would be helpful in getting that village back? Because Some people think that the village comment, is gone. Right. The village gone. Sharing best good? practices. One of the comments said, "No one wants to hear that. Yep. No one wants yeah. to listen to best practices." So the village is not gone. Is the village yeah. gone, guys? Oh, the, only thing, nice. the only thing. The only conversation with my cousin is a great start with bringing back the village. Appreciate you. The only thing I can say about to the chat right now is Big Roz just lost for words. I ain't never been lost for words. I'm what? trying to figure it out as well. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a conversation. One of the reasons why we brought this to light is 
Um, we need to keep talking about it until we can get that get that thing back because we have to create community again. Community, we have to create community, even if we're not living in the same community, we still have to create community. I, Trace, I see Tracy opening in the chat, so you know she has something called Princess Empowerment, mm-hmm. and I think that's a great way to create community because she brings the girls together. You know, they have, you know, they do all the things that they do. So check her out, Princess Empowerment, and and she teaches them as young girls how to be. So when they grow into adults, they're not dealing with some of the things that the negative things that adult women deal with. So I think programs like that and others kind of helps to bring back that village. And I do remember when Tracy was on the show, she made a point of mentioning how um, the reason why she started the program was because she was watching how they were treating each other and the level of disrespect that they had at such a young age. And she felt compelled to intervene because that is not the relationship that we should be having with one another. And thankfully, like we, like I know when I was seven is when I met my very best friends, I'm still friends with till today. And we're still in real, you know, we still have that same bond. And I'm not talking one or two, like that's where, you know, it started. So I've always had the love of my girlfriends in my life. And a lot of these young people don't have one good friend that they would really call their very own, somebody that has their back. Right. A lot of of kids, don't. a lot of people don't even know how to build relationships now. Mm. And, and like, right, right. Even, even like I, I could talk to my nephew with his co-workers and he, they'd be his friend one day, not his friend the next. Yeah. He'll have a gathering at his house. And it's on, like just last night. That's one of the reasons why I ain't go to the concert, Miss Lachey. But, uh, you know, my, my, yeah. my, nephew, you know, my yeah. nephew invited us over and it was just us. I never seen him invite us over with a bunch of his friends. And he's in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? They they just don't socialize like we do anymore. They don't. They right. don't. They don't. It's it's unfortunate. I mean, will it ever be the same? No, it won't. I don't think it will ever be the same, but I do think we can start to create different things, different ways. It's not going to be the same as before. No more Scully and Coco Livio, one, two, three, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can't, you can't go back. You can't undo. You yeah. know what I mean? Yo, Ronald used to have the best scully caps, man. I used to be ready to fight <laughs> Yo, Nick got the dope yellow wax. Come on, man. Like Tisha said, wait, listen, guys. Tisha said, and social right and social media and these ratchet reality shows are no help for our young people. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now listen, nobody needs to like know behave. your guilty pleasure. Yes. <laughs> guilty pleasure. They don't know how to have real conversations. Yes. Right. You know, unfortunately, as as we progress in life and more devices come into place, it you know, it loses us so much because we don't have that real time conversation. Everything is texting, everything is social media, everything is you're not even having real conversations with people anymore. Just one okay. or do you, do you think that and I want to say this real quick. I also think that us as older people, we're not really adjusting to change. The change of what's going on with the younger people, with the communications and the TikToks and the social medias. We're not adjusting to it. We're just pushing it to the side. Maybe, Maybe if we give them the respect that they want, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, that they want, maybe they'll give us the respect to at least listen. Mm. You understand? I think we could end the show on that point because we're we gonna have to end the show on that point. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Absolutely. That was a great point to put a pin on. We're gonna end it. Going, guys. Let's keep talking to your friends and family about the village. Yes, but make sure you guys tune in each and every Sunday and check us out. We're on all social media platforms: YouTube, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Instagram, and we're also on Blue Rain Radio. <laughs> And make sure you guys go to www.budteamremy.com and book your trips to Cabo. We're going to be out there in Labor Day weekend. Yep. So we'll you don't want to miss that. We'll and, we'll 
every show we end with a quote. And today's quote is drum roll. <laughs> they say it takes a village to raise a child. We just want to say thank you to our village. If you have watched, loved, or prayed for our children, thank you. Thank you. That, we will see you guys next week. Peace and love. Next Monday.